0: Is The Talking Dead a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show The Walking Dead? Hey, everybody, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason, and this is the Talking Dead number three hundred eighty-five, recorded on Tuesday, the third of July, twenty eighteen. The third of right,
1: right there, smack dab in the middle between uh, our holiday and the U.S.
0: holiday. That's right. Yesterday was Canada Day, the birthday of our great country up here.
1: Yeah, one hundred and ninety-nine years ago. Fifty-one, one hundred and
0: fifty-one. That's it. Yeah. I thought it
1: was 163.
0: No. What no, do I know? You don't know anything, obviously. Last year was our big 150th, which was a big deal. Very exciting. That was last year? I thought that was like 12 years ago. No, 150 was last year. This year is 151. For the record- uh, I'm thinking the 125th. Well, that yeah. Was, that was the one I remembered a, a few years ago. I was going to say, for the record, I still remember Canada 125, they called it, the 125th birthday, 26 years ago, I guess. Yeah. So um, that was exciting. We had a nice Canada Day weekend. Hope you did too. And now it's the July 4th holiday in the U.S. tomorrow. So congratulations to you guys down there for that as well. Yeah. And now I will run through every other country's birthday and congratulate you on your, you know, national anniversary. Yeah. Okay, excellent. (laughs) um so here we are doing podcast number 385 it's been a little while since we recorded our last one was our season eight wrap-up crossover special um but we needed a little bit of time off to get our wits about us and to celebrate the country's birthday as we said um but i also want to put out a correction So more or less, I guess. A Uh, correction. More of an admission of me being a dumbass. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. So kind of a correction. Mm -hmm. Last time on the podcast, I said that we would very soon be covering the San Diego Comic-Con trailer because (laughs) San Diego (laughs) Comic-Con is at the end of June. And apparently that's incorrect. And apparently I cannot tell the difference between the word June and the word July when looking it up live on the air. You know, they are similar
1: in that they are made of letters and both start with the letter J.
0: (laughs) Yes, they're similar, Uh, but they're not the same word. For some reason, I thought San Diego Comic-Con was starting on June 19th, but it's actually July. Uh, Maybe the 19th. I'm not going to commit to anything right now. (laughs) You're only committing to July. (laughs) Yes. Uh, In any case, it hasn't happened yet, but it does come up later this month. And uh, that is when we will be covering the San Diego Comic-Con Walking Dead trailer. Right. Okay. Later on this month. So that's why we haven't done it yet, because it doesn't exist yet, or at least Mm. hasn't been released to the world yet. So we will get to that. And I apologize for any confusion. Apparently, I just can't read when under pressure. Yeah, reading's hard. I know. It's hard. It's tough. Uh, Now, that being said, this poses a little bit of a problem, Jason. Uh, We don't have anything to talk about? No, we have lots to talk about. And if we didn't, we could make something up for an hour and a half, probably. However, in the the second half of July, I'm not going to be here. Oh, that is a problem. Yeah, I realized earlier today, actually, when I was getting ready for this podcast, that... At the end of July, I'm going to be traveling with the family. I'm going to be away when uh, San Diego Comic-Con is on. In fact, I'm going to be in London in the UK. So uh, hello to all the UK listeners. However, I'm not going to be right there ready to record our scene-by-scene breakdown recap of the trailer unless we do it from London I have a feeling I'm not going to have a lot of free time when I'm over there to record a podcast.
1: And you're not a big fan of traveling overseas with a portable recording studio either.
0: Well, I mean, I've done it before. And, you know, I'm not totally against the idea. I just, with the whole family there, we're going to be doing a lot of things. We're going to be seeing a lot of people. And I just don't know that I'm going to have time to study the trailer, get it all together, record a podcast, and then put it out. So, yeah you know that sucks but we might have to do it when i return towards the end of the month i understand okay well i hope everyone else out there understands too but you know maybe the stars will will align and i'll end up with the time and the i don't know desire <laughs> to do it right <laughs> and
1: yeah. we'll, we'll and, see how that goes you know having that, that having the thought that uh, you know right, after, right if i can just get through this next little while i'll have the time to do to relax and to do that thing
0: I've always wanted to do. (laughs) Right. That thing I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Well, uh, we will see how that goes. That's a lie, by the way,
1: getting getting just, I just need to get through the next X amount of time and then I can relax
0: is a lie. It's always a lie. I sometimes tell myself that, but it never works out that way. No. All right. Well, anyway, San Diego Comic-Con will come up later this month. We will, of course, cover it in detail. Uh, I just don't know when it's going to be. But we've got some things to do before then. So let's stop talking about the future and start talking about the right now. Yeah, let's do this now instead of talking about not doing it later. All right. Well, on the podcast today, we are going to do two things. The second of those two things is talk about the solo movie a little bit, uh, which I understand has been out for, what, like a month now, maybe more. Um, but you just finally got around to seeing it, so I feel like now we can finally Give it a few words, let the people know what we thought of it. Yeah, I just had to get through that rough patch and then I'd have time to actually relax and go see a movie. (laughs) Right. And luckily, you chose Solo, a Star Wars story, and now we can talk about it. Yeah. Good. Uh, Before that, though, we are going to get all caught up in the latest The Walking Dead news. So here we go
1: The Walking
0: Dead news. All right, Jason Miles. There is tons of Walking Dead news to talk about, and we're going to start with something that is somewhat of a maybe a little bit of a difficult topic to discuss. Um, I don't know if you know exactly what I'm talking about here, uh, but a few weeks ago, so this is sort of old news in a way already. Um, but Chris Hardwick, as you know, he was he is or I should say was, the host of a number of, to- of uh, shows on AMC, most notably the Talking Dead after show that airs after The Walking Dead. Son of a bitch, what did you do? Well, I'm surprised you have no idea, but, well, actually I'm not really that surprised, but uh, <laughs> he was accused of emotional and sexual abuse by an ex-girlfriend. Right. So so this was a month ago, three weeks ago, something like that. We haven't talked about it here, but we do need to talk about it right now. Um, A woman by the name of Chloe Dykstra, who is a former girlfriend of his, released a long statement detailing this abuse. She didn't actually explicitly name Chris Hardwick, but she gave a description of the person and it clearly pointed to him. And them being right. a, a former couple, it was pretty obvious who it was. She just and, needed deniability for legal reasons. Is that why? Well, who who knows, really? I don't know. But um, she didn't name him in so many words, but the description she gave was quite clearly talking about Chris Hardwick. Um, she, you know, accused him of this emotional and sexual abuse. She also accused him of attempting to destroy her career by damaging her professional relationships. She's an actress, uh, and a, a Hollywood personality. So some pretty serious accusations, um, which, you know, I, I think from her point of view, well, from anybody's point of view are extremely uh, damaging. Um, right. uh, and I, I, I don't mean that to, I don't, I'm not saying that to imply that she's simply saying these things to damage Chris Hardwick if any of what she's saying is true, I mean, it's, it's a very, very serious situation and he needs to be held accountable for his actions. If, you know, if what she is accusing him of has any validity to it. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of things have happened since she put out this, uh, I guess you'd almost call it an essay. It was a pretty long <laughs> statement, Right. It was uh, uh, an open letter, I guess. It was kind of an open letter, kind of an essay just detailing, you know, the, that time in her life and her relationship with, with Hardwick. But since then, a lot of people have come to his defense, uh, including his wife, his current wife, uh, which to be honest, isn't too surprising, um, but also three or four ex-girlfriends of his, other public figures that are simply friends of his. Uh, you know, they've they've come out to say this is not the chris hardwick we know um there have been petitions popping up online asking you know just to to garner support for him and asking amc to reinstate him and in fact there was some text communication like sms communication between chris hardwick and chloe dykstra that was released i'm not sure by who but it was released with the sort of purpose of trying to show his i guess innocence in all of this right um now i mentioned that you know the petitions have popped up asking amc to reinstate him and that's really what i want to get into here i don't think you know you and i are here to defend uh, hardwick or support chloe dykstra um you know at the end of the day i'm generally almost always inclined to you know, believe what an accuser says in a case like this. Like, there's no reason for them to come out to try to destroy somebody if, if there isn't some truth to the statements. However, what I really want to talk about is what this means for Hardwick's career and for his career as it relates to AMC and The Walking Dead moving forward.
1: Right. But, okay, I, I always, I worry, I worry about, uh, you know, people doing this just to, to get vengeance. Uh, so hopefully what she's accusing him of uh, is true because it's very damaging when, uh, when you accuse somebody and it has ramifications and it's not true. So I, I worry, but you know, if he is, uh, if any of that is true, like you said, then he's a, a shithead and I never liked him and he should never be on the air again.
0: Right. Absolutely. And, and my, you know, my, I am inclined almost, almost always to, to, I mean, side with the accuser is not really the right way of saying it, but certainly not to discount anything that someone would say when they make this kind of accusation because it is very serious and it's the kind of thing that you have to take very seriously. And if any or even a fraction of what she's saying is true, then – Chris Hardwick needs to be held accountable for that. And that's it. Uh, At the end of the day, though, nobody really knows where sort of the truth lies between what she said and what he has said. Um, But in any case, uh, it certainly needs to be looked into. But the fallout from all of this is that AMC has decided to put all of his shows on hold for now. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but he had more than just the Talking Dead on AMC. He had Talking with Chris Hardwick was which was kind of just an interview show where he brought on guests and he had a chat with them. Uh he was also doing after shows for I think Preacher too. So right. all of those things have been shut down for the time being. They're not being aired, and um uh I guess I guess AMC is looking into what their next what their next step is going to be. He was also dropped from all of his San Diego Comic-Con panel hosting duties. Oh, right. Because as you know, he's always been the host for The Walking Dead and the Fear of the Walking Dead panels and probably some other stuff. Well, he's not doing that this year either. And they didn't tap you for it? No, you know, they didn't call me for it. That's kind of a bummer.
1: <laughs> it, it is. I
0: think he uh, would be perfect for it. and I think they'd be fools if they didn't uh, give you a ring. And, and, and frankly, I have the same name, first name as him, so it would be even less confusing for people. That's right. right. So it
1: would yeah. I mean uh you know they uh, uh they they took our podcast name and uh you know basically <laughs> took that over
0: uh, so you should be able to take the uh, the Chris name over and uh, and do that. Yeah, it's really only fair. Um well, but anyways, Chris Hardwick will not be hosting any of the San Diego Comic-Con panels and as of right now, I think AMC is deciding what to do. Chris Hardwick has said that he maintains his 100% innocence in all of this, and we'll have to see what the ultimate fallout from it will be. Because we don't know if he's going to be back on AMC as a host of any show, or if he'll be back involved with them in any manner at this right. point. So,
1: well, he shouldn't be. He should become an unperson if he's uh, if his ac- accuser is truthful and he
0: actually did those things. He should. Uh he should fry. Yeah, no, he she he should uh face the consequences absolutely.
1: You imagine the horror of that kind of situation. I think about Louis CK every once in a while and the uh, the horrors that he ha- now has to live through rightfully just because of the things that he did. Like yeah. he can't go out in public, right? And he's well. not like he, it's not like he can move because he has two daughters that he usually he regularly takes to school. So now he has to do that uh in public with everybody knowing how much of a shithead
0: he is, everybody knowing that he's the guy that like to took his penis out in front of people because he I don't know, thought it was funny or well yeah, thought he could I don't know, get something um, out of it. Yeah, he had the uh, he felt like he had some kind of uh, right to do that,
1: I don't know what. But anyway, uh regardless of what he did, he did bad things and he's a shithead uh-huh. and now he's living in this weird kind of uh unperson bubble that uh, must be horrifying.
0: Yeah, you haven't heard much from him. In a while, and I have a feeling we're not going to hear much from Chris Hardwick in a while either. Well, uh, nobody's been able to
1: recover from this shit, right? When they when they do this kind of shit, and they uh, are such a an, an asshole, and do uh, you know sexual assault or sexual harassment or uh, out and out rape, uh, you know how, how do you you can't recover from that? You no can right. probably recover from murder, but recovering from that, like career wise,
0: but uh, recovering from that is. Uh, so far impossible. Yeah, and and you know nor should you really. I mean, you are a despicable human being if you're doing stuff like this. So uh, you know, I I sorry, but you sort of get everything that's coming to you. Really? Yeah. Well, anyways, that be all being said, uh just today, I think there was a new host for the San Diego Comic-Con panels announced. Oh, was it you? No, it's not me. <laughs> oh, is it uh, Jamie Foxx? No, but it is someone you might know, although you might not know the name right off the bat. Tom Hardy. Not Tom Hardy. <laughs> Yvette Nicole Brown. Yvette Nicole Brown. I know people with those names individually, but who is that? Well, you will remember Yvette Nicole Brown as Shirley from Community. All right. She is a huge Walking Dead fan. She's been a guest on AMC's Talking Dead show a number of times, and I've seen her on there a bunch. She is always intelligent. She has entertaining things to say. She's clearly a fan of the show. Like, she's not just there because they're she's a celebrity and they're paying her to be there. She really clearly wants to be there. She loves it, and she always does a great job, so... Yeah, that's not like Tom Hardy at all. He would just be paid as a celebrity to be there because
1: we all know he hates the show.
0: (laughs) We all know that. Sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yvette Nicole Brown does not hate the show. She was on. She's been on Talking Dead, as I said. She's great. And there was some, you know, fan uh, talk. There was some talk amongst the fans of the show that she would be a great Uh, replacement, and I guess AMC listens. So I think the news only came out today, but she will be hosting the the San Diego Comic-Con panels, and that's exciting news. I'm very excited to see what she does with it. Good for her. Yeah. Um, Now, here's the other thing. I wonder if they are going to tap her to be the new host of the Talking Dead show if they decide that Chris Hardwick isn't coming back at all.
1: Well, Chris Hardwick isn't coming back to this show. I mean, he might do other things with his career, maybe down the line. But, uh, yeah, I think she'd be perfect. And I think this is uh, the first step
0: towards that, i sure. It's a bit of a trial. Put her up on stage, see how she does. And, I mean, everyone knows she's going to do great. So that's, that's wonderful. But, you know, is she the host of the talk show? I think she could be. And I think that's yeah. a good choice. It'd be good. Yeah. So we've had Nicole Brown. Coming to San Diego Comic-Con and who knows, maybe to AMC's Talking Dead show for season nine. We'll have to see. Uh, All right. Next item in the news is, I mean, the next few items in the news are just sort of uh, general interviewee type things that I've come across over the last uh, little while. And the first one here is, I thought, some interesting news based on an assumption we've always made or at least made recently while watching the show. And that zombies is, aren't real? Is that the assumption we're making? No, that's not an assumption. Everyone knows zombies are real. No, zombies aren't real. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: we're assuming that zombies aren't actually real and that this show is fiction. But what you're going to tell me now is that zombies are real and that uh, I'm going to die soon because I'm not going to survive the zombie apocalypse you, for very long. Is that, what you're, you better, is that what
0: you're saying? You better find somewhere to hole up and uh, start gathering supplies, my friend, because zombies are real. I'm going to have to stab anybody who comes through that door. All right. Well, I'm going to stay over here for now. And yeah, I hope yeah, the next I'm, person I'm, that comes come through over. I hope the next person that comes through that door is a zombie and not your wife. Yeah. Unless she is a zombie, then you're going to have to stab her. Well, yeah, it's
1: yeah, cuz yeah. Anyway, well I might have derailed what you were talking about. So
0: <laughs> maybe you should swing back to the topic at hand. Well, the topic at hand is that apparently Scott Gimple is not the driving force behind changes from the comic as it's adapted to the TV show. Oh. Yeah. What the hell's he been doing? Well, the other stuff, I guess, but the assumption I've always made is that it's Gimple that, A, <laughs> in a way, likes to stick to close to the comics but as the showrunner is also the guy who's sort of in charge of the story so anytime the show deviates from the comics it's up to him as well but apparently that's not the case so jason who do you think is the man behind or the person i should say behind the uh you know some of the changes from the comic
2: uh
1: anna kendrick no I don't know.
0: it's robert kirkman Robert Kirkman, okay, the original creator. So, uh there was a panel called From Book to Screen recently in New York. And I think AMC put this panel on, but uh you know, Gimple was there and, and a bunch of other showrunners that are involved in shows that are adapting uh books or graphic novels to the TV, to TV. And Gimple was asked about it and he said this. Back when we started, Robert and I argued a lot because I wanted to, the, I wanted to do the book just as the book uh, was, and he actually wanted to do changes because he had already done it. And yeah, I wanted to see those moments that I saw in the book, and yet as I worked more and more on it, because I was so familiar with these moments, I knew that making those little twists to give the reader, it's actually doing right by the people who read the book and know what's coming. You try to put them in a place where they don't know what's coming, which is what reading the book is like. So I don't know if you can make any sense of that. It's difficult. (laughs) I think I got the gist of it. Barely makes any sense. But the first part is the important part in that him and Robert argued a lot because Gimple wanted to do the book just as it was written. And Robert Kirkman wanted to inject a bunch of changes to it. Right. Because, you know, I've been there, done that. I wrote that already. Let's do something new. Let's do something new. And let's try, you know, let's try doing or, or, or I, if I could go back again is what Robert Kirkman is saying. Maybe I'd write things a little bit differently. So let's try a different approach for the TV show.
1: Oh, absolutely, because when you look back, you think of how immature you were and uh, how stupid the decisions you made actually uh, were, and that was only 15 minutes ago. I mean, when you think back about 10 years, you're like, oh, my God, I was such an idiot. Why did I do it that way? I've learned so much since then. Why would I retread that
0: old bullshit when I could uh, create brand new bullshit mm -hmm. that will entertain everybody? Well, I I have a question. Is there a word for that phenomenon? Because I've experienced that. A number of times in my life. Like I think back on decisions I'd made or just the way I behaved or acted in the past. And I think to myself, boy, oh boy, I was really not like in the wrong there, or, or I can't believe I made a decision one way or the other. Um, and it wasn't even that long ago. Like yeah. how could I have changed that much in such a short time? And obviously I bet you there's a word for it in German. They have a word for everything, I guess I don't know for that that phenomenon of sort of second guessing yourself or not even second guessing, but understanding that the way you acted, behaved or or made a decision in the recent past would have been very different, you know right now, right, well, hindsight is twenty twenty is the
1: phrase we use for looking so. back and going, "I understand clearly now
0: that I was immature and stupid, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. It's It just doesn't seem to take very long to get to that point of understanding.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, I made bad decisions this morning that well, I yeah. regret, <laughs> that I
0: feel that I was immature in making those decisions. It's amazing how much we change in the period of 24 hours, I guess. Yeah, I've grown up ever so slightly since then. Ever so slightly. Anyways, I just thought it was interesting to find out that, you know, Robert is the one who is pushing for changes and and uh Scott Gimple was the guy who was like let's just do the book man you wrote it it's great let's put it on tv
1: yeah and that makes perfect sense when you put it that way it it, it seems to be like something that an author would want to do given the option to uh, go in a different direction or to retread you know stuff he's already written 10 years ago uh you know they'd probably want to go in a new direction
0: let's, yeah. let's
1: take this slightly somewhere
0: else we uh we have a chance to explore some new ground here let's take it Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, um, Chandler Riggs, uh, speaking of, you know, changes from the comics, as we all know, Carl is dead now and Carl's not dead in the comics. So that's a pretty, pretty significant change. And I was reading uh, an article on wegotthiscovered.com, which was about Chandler's appearance at something called the Fandemic Tour in Sacramento, California, and he was asked about, you know, just finding out about when or when he found out that Carl was going to be killed off and how he reacted and stuff like that. And he said, we got the script for episode six when the bite was supposed to happen. We were doing rehearsals for it. And then after the rehearsals, Scott Gimple brought me in and he told me, he said, that's why you, uh, kind of act weird after your trip Because the bite happens. So Chandler Riggs didn't even know that Carl was going to be killed off until they were basically on set rehearsing and filming episode six, which is when he gets bitten. And then two episodes later, it's revealed. And in episode nine is, you know, that's his last on the show. So that's pretty last minute. I got to think.
1: That is pretty last minute. I don't know, but I guess that uh, when you're going to get fired, it's best to just pull the Band-Aid off pretty quick I mean, <laughs> instead of going, you know what? We're going to fire you a year from now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, everything's we, fine. We're really
1: expecting you to do some great work right
0: up until the time that you're canned. And that'll be in a year. So uh, good luck. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, you know, no pressure, just keep it going and uh, everything will be fine. Yeah, yeah I, you're probably right, but it does feel like, you know, they bring him in. It it sounds like it wasn't clear in that script that he was getting bitten and that would be a fatal bite, of course, until he was right there. So I don't know. I, I got to imagine that was quite the shock for Chandler at the time. And I just feel like it was uh, it was just really late. But, you know, yeah. you're, you're probably right. It- you don't announce someone's firing well ahead of time usually
1: and that and that first firing is tough right the first time you get fired from something mm-hmm. that's a tough break no that's true after the seventh or eighth time you get used to it yeah i mean well he's in an industry where uh you know disappointment is the standard <laughs> yeah maybe maybe <laughs> and uh, if
0: you're not disappointed you're one of the very lucky few you are very lucky that's true um. All right. Speaking of Chandler Riggs, he and The Walking Dead as a whole recently won some awards. Oh, good! Saturn Awards, to be more specific. So, The Walking Dead took home the award for best horror TV series, which is which is fun. Uh, and new showrunner showrunner Angela Kang was on hand to accept that award. So, oh, excellent. That's that's exciting. Chandler, did you have to go to Saturn? Uh, she went to Saturn. That's right. She accepted the award and then uh, came back to Earth.
1: Nice. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Those ceremonies are uh, are awesome, but the time delay on the on the video is, is tough. It's pretty tough. Yeah. We're, we're going to watch it sometime next fall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I don't know. It's probably a few hours. <laughs> All right. Fine. Uh, she was on hand, though, which is cool because, you know, she's obviously started her uh, sort of public duties around the show. Uh, and Chandler Riggs took home the award for Best Younger Actor on TV. Oh, good for him. So that is good for him. That's very exciting. Uh, other actors who won awards who uh, are formerly of The Walking Dead, well, not formerly, actually. Senequa Martin-Green, who is formerly of The Walking Dead, she won Best TV Actress for her work on Star Trek Discovery. Right. Which is exciting. Have you watched that show at all yet? <laughs> no. Are you going to?
1: I really want to, but it hasn't slapped me in the face yet. Okay, I, I, I'm half expecting a Star Trek series to slap me in the face to say, "Dude, watch this," but it hasn't happened yet. So I haven't, I haven't
0: had to, I haven't had a chance to seek it out yet. Okay, well, apparently she's really good on it because she's winning awards. So, well, that's good. Maybe that's and the...
1: The, apparently I just, re- I just found out that the uh, the guy that played. Uh, the guy in the suit for The Shape of Water uh, is in that. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: I know who you mean. I can't think of his name.
1: And he played uh, Abe Sapien in the, the Hellboy movies. Same guy in suit. What? That's not true. That's not right. It is. They're both del Toro movies. He's the same guy. All right. I'm going to choose to
0: believe you, but I'm not 100% convinced. I'm basing this off of a Filmstack episode I just listened to. Okay, fine. Good. All <laughs> I'm right. I'm looking it up. In that case, I believe you. Uh, but also, Denai Guerrero won Best Supporting Actress for her role in Black Panther. Oh, so yeah. Also, awesome. Also exciting. And she is not formerly of The Walking Dead. She's still on The Walking Dead, but also winning awards for Black Panther. So
1: Nice. My wife and I just watched that, like, last night or the night before. It's pretty
2: good, eh?
0: Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, and Denay Grier is awesome, and she is very awesome. So, uh, congratulations to everybody who took home Saturn Awards. She and must have won because she threw a wig at somebody. Like she was
1: wearing a wig in one of the scenes, and then she got into a fight, and she actually used it as a distraction when she
0: she threw it at one of her attackers. Interesting. Awesome. I don't recall that, but I can see it was that when they happening. were in the bar. Oh yeah, okay, you're right. Pulls the wig off, throws it at somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was awesome. Good stuff. Well, she is awesome. And uh, uh, I'm just excited that, you know, people involved in The Walking Dead are starting to win awards or yeah. continuing to win awards, I guess. All right. Fear of the Walking Dead. You remember that show? Yes, I do. Yes. Well, it's been hit with a lawsuit. Ah, Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of lawsuits flying around in The Walking Dead world, it seems, as we know. Frank Darabont is still suing The Walking Dead for royalties. Uh, Robert Kirkman and some of the other producers are suing AMC for royalties, which I find weird, but they are. And now uh, an an author who uh, is claiming that Fear the Walking Dead has infringed his copyright is suing Fear. So this comes from cinemablend.com. Quote, Robert Robert Kirkman and AMC have been named in a lawsuit over Fear the Walking Dead filed by the author of another zombie-filled comic series. According to Dead Ahead writer Mel Smith, Fear the Walking Dead's second season infringes on the comic series' copyright. According to the lawsuit, the three-volume image comic series Dead Ahead had protected elements that were copied and used, performed, and exploited by Fear the Walking Dead without Mel Smith's permission.
1: Now, I think the seed of of a lawsuit like that is you have to knowingly do that, right? You have to know that the prior art exists and then create something that is similar. You, like, there's, you had it without, if you made it absolutely independently and you can justify the fact that you had no idea that this thing exists, then you're good to go. It sounds like the kind of thing that's difficult to prove, though. It is. It is very difficult to prove. And I want to, uh, I'm actually mad at Tom Clancy for doing that very thing uh, because I was writing a Shadowrun campaign that eventually <laughs> I read the exact campaign I wanted to, to write in Rainbow Six. And I was very upset. And I wanted to sue him, but then I realized Tom Clancy probably never came to my house and looked in the manila envelope that I was using to make notes and the drawings that I was using for making my Shadowrun campaign.
0: Naturally, you never published it anywhere, so...
1: I didn't publish it, so you know, me suing him, I could say, look, I had this, this stuff is dated uh, prior to uh, to Tom Clancy writing that book. But they're going to say, it's Tom Clancy, dude. He doesn't know about you or has never been to your house, and he's never seen that manila envelope with the date on it. So get
0: out of here. Well, I mean, that's all fine and good for your situation. But this guy, Mel Smith, had an Image Comics book published. I mean, Image Comics is no small-time operation. They know what they're doing. Well, yeah, but just
1: because something's published doesn't mean you have to know about it. No, I never heard of it. It's published. If I wrote something, he he would sue me, but I could probably say I'd never heard of it because you know what? I
0: never heard of it. Yeah, no, I I fully agree with you. I just don't think in this case that's a very easy thing to prove one way or the other. Uh, Here's the description from the Image Comics website of Dead Ahead. Water, water everywhere. On a restless ocean, a group of weary survivors contemplate their grim fortune. What had started out as a fun little fishing trip soon turns into a nightmare of damnation trapped on a floating prison. The continents have been hit by a plague that has turned humanity into living corpses, leaving our castaways at sea to fend for themselves. With provisions low, hope comes in the form of a luxury liner sailing into view on the horizon. All they needed to survive would be on board, but who among them has what it takes to find out what happened to its crew and passengers?
1: That also sounds like the plot of Gilligan's Island. (laughs) <laughs> well, Minus really. the zombies. Yeah, minus. My- yeah, well, I mean, passengers go on a nice, friendly uh, uh, three-hour tour, and then they end up, uh, you know, castaways. They even use the word castaway. Uh, they end up somewhere where they are uh, they have to
0: fight to survive. It's Gilligan's Island. Well, let's be honest, though. Like, is that description really all that similar to what happened in Fear the Walking Dead when they were out on the water? Like, they were on a boat? Yes. There were zombies? Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, is that enough? I mean, isn't no. Isn't any zombie apocalypse story going to have similar elements like the zombies?
1: Yeah. I, th- I think that this has—that description has as much similarity to Fear the Walking Dead as it does to Gilligan's Island. I actually see more similarities with Gilligan's Island than I do with Fear the Walking Dead.
0: So sue frickin' Gilligan's Island, too, then. I mean— Well, Gilligan's Island should sue them and then ultimately sue Fear the Walking Dead. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I can't I have not read uh Dead Ahead, so I can't really comment in any educated way on how similar it actually is, but based on that description, I feel like there are zombies and there's a boat, and there are people on the boat. And yes, Fear the Walking Dead did that, but that's where it ends. And yeah. I don't feel like that's enough for a lawsuit.
1: Well, so when you mention zombies, Right now, people can write uh, their own zombie stuff without being uh, without being feared of being sued for uh, by other people that have created zombie works because there's multiple uh, sources of information. Everybody else is doing it, so uh, you know I'm not just plagiarizing your work. I'm plagiarizing a genre kind right. of thing. Yeah, okay. So zombies, I think you can get away with that in general. But I think what they're saying is that you know other zombie stuff didn't really do boat shit. And we're, we did boat shit, and now you're doing boat shit? Come on.
0: <laughs> I, I guess, but I'm sorry. It's, you know, zombie, zombie properties have done all kinds of similar things, and I don't feel like they're suing each other. You know? How many times yeah. have survivors in a zombie apocalypse raided a Walmart or something similar, right, for supplies? Yeah. Like, you can't sue over that. That's just what people do in the zombie apocalypse. And you put them on a boat, you put them on a plane, you put them in a Walmart or in a big hotel. It's, I don't know. It's just, it is what it is. It's not plagiarism. It's storytelling. Yeah. No, it would be a slightly different story if
1: they could prove that the writers of this comic book went to AMC to pitch a television show where this happened. And Scott Gimple was in the room and, uh, these other, you know, head writers and stuff were all in the room and they went, you know what? No, we're not going to do this. We're not going to, we're not going to green light your idea. And then they go and do their own damn show. Mm-hmm. If there's a direct line that you can draw between your story, those people, and this, uh, uh, this television show doing this stuff, then absolutely sue them. But you can't just say, no, we did that already. You can't do that.
0: I mean, unless it's clearly the same. Yeah. You know, I mean, in the music industry, this has happened, right? Like the the virtually the same or the identical uh, melody has been used in different songs, chord progression, and yeah. and artists have had disagreements and lawsuits over it. And sometimes an artist who releases a song that sounds just like another song has had to surrender royalties to that original artist because it is so much the same. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I don't even 100% agree with that because there are so only so many pleasing chord progressions and if you write a song that sounds like another song, unless you can prove that, well, you know, I listened to that and then I wrote my song and I wanted to make it sound like that, that's yeah. one thing, but you write a song that has the same chord progression as another song, it's going to happen. You know, there are only eight notes and that's a thing and i sort of feel like the same thing is going on here you know it's like we have zombies we're telling a zombie story they're on the coast it only makes sense that they get on a boat at some point and then they get off the boat is that enough for a lawsuit and is that enough for saying you stole my idea i don't think so it might be enough for uh give them some money and make them go away it might be but i also sort of feel like that's a kind of a bullshit scenario it's like you know yeah. I don't know. Here's here's $100,000 like keep selling your book and everything'll be fine. But
1: Well, it all depends on where the burden of proof is. I don't know where the burden of proof is in this situation. Is the burden to prove that they knew about the prior work and that they caught, they basically stole it or is the burden of proof uh on AMC to prove that they didn't know that uh this prior work existed. It all depends on who has to prove what.
0: Yeah. Well, it'll probably play out over the next number of years. And who knows if by then we'll still be interested in finding the outcome. But if we are. I
1: I have to give credit to judges. You know, the judges that have to deal with this bullshit and weed through the law and uh, previous court cases and then have to decide on this stuff. uh, They got to have superpowers of, you know, their superpower being patience and paying attention (laughs) because I'm having a hard time now right? talking about this uh, <laughs> and being patient about it and even paying attention to what I'm saying. Well, fair enough. Let, let alone
0: f- you. We'll find out years from now what the outcome is, but-
1: uh, <laughs> I'll forget this existed until you bring it up again.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right. And uh, to answer your two previous questions,
1: Doug Jones, who uh, played Abe Sapien, uh, he's also in uh, the Star Trek television show. He was in The Shape of Water and Pan's Labyrinth, so the uh, del Toro- Movies, he's a he's a favorite, and uh, to answer your other question, it's about seventy one minutes to uh, to get a, uh, a electromagnetic signal from Saturn back to Earth or vice versa.
0: Okay, so that's not so bad. It's uh, <laughs> we could hour watch we could watch the Saturn Awards. Yeah, an hour and a half or so. Yeah, it's just delayed. It's like watching it out in the West
1: Coast anyway, right? I mean, it's not really a delay of an hour and a half, but they're way in a
0: different time zone. So sure, it's like a delay of an hour and a half, or it three is. hours, or whatever. Well, three hours. It's it's double. It's double the time to transmit it's to farther Saturn. Farther to you know, LA than it is to Saturn. Crazy, crazy town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about video games for a second here. Awesome. There is a new Walking Dead video game on its way out very very soon. It's is it called- about ships. It's about Zombies on a boat? Yeah, and they're being sued by other (laughs) writers and AMC. It's a law drama. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) AMC, who is backing the game, is also suing it due to, (laughs) no. Oh, Uh, yeah, royalty infringement.
1: Right. Because they're paying themselves, but too much and not enough. So
0: they've got to sue themselves. Right. All at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's called The Walking Dead Our World. And it is an alternate reality, also known as AR game, Jason Miles, oh. similar to Pokemon Go. Do you Are you aware of what the Pokemon Go is? I thought that was more of an augmented reality, not alternate reality. Is that what you mean? That's what I mean, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, augmented reality. It's like, uh, yeah, they superimpose images on, through a phone onto the real world. Yes. And you have to, it's basically looking around. I'm looking forward to augmented reality all the time. Well, I think Can you imagine w- walking around and people's names pop up on their heads as you walk past them. That'd be great. Or other very, we've seen Black Mirror episodes with just that information. I think it would be awesome.
0: Maybe uh, I think there are some, probably some privacy issues to overcome oh, first. Okay, username, whatever. Fine. Well, <laughs> augmented reality. I think that's what I'm talking about. Anyways, from UndeadWalking.com where I read this article, they say our world will pit mobile device users against the undead in different locations, much like how people catch critters in the massively popular game Pokemon Go. Gamers will be exploring their own neighborhoods with the help of familiar characters from AMC's The Walking Dead in order to stay alive by collecting stashes, finding missions, and rescuing survivors.
1: Nice. So we've got uh, trespassing, Combined with vagrancy, and uh, probably the same issues that we had with uh, initially when uh, GPS first came out, with people driving into lakes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, driving into lakes or onto airport runways. I heard.
1: Oh my God, there's a zombie over there! Let's uh, quick veer left. Yeah. And just let's just go over there. I got to be the first one to get that cash because, damn it, they have an assault rifle.
0: Well. I never, I'll never. beat up anybody else who's in the neighborhood. I've never tried Pokemon Go. was never really interested in it. But this is The Walking Dead. These are zombies. So maybe I'll give this one a try, if for no other reason than to report on it here. We'll have yeah, to see. Assuming, of course, that it's available in Canada. Yeah, good point. Good point. If it is, I'll try it. If not, well, I'm screwed as usual. Uh, but it comes out apparently on July 12th. So that's oh. uh, next week. Well, on the plus side, July 12th is available in Canada, (laughs) (laughs) but July the 4th is not. July the 4th is not. July 12th is, and so we will be celebrating that day regardless of whether we can download The Walking Dead, our world. Uh, But if we can, maybe I'll give it a try. We'll have to see if it's free or you have to pay for it. Or Not while you're driving. No, God, no. While I'm walking and riding
1: the bus to work. Yeah, you pull the ding so you can get off the bus and get your get your zombie cash. Right,
0: that'd pay, be awesome. Pay an extra fare just to <laughs> just to pick up my zombie cash or whatever.
1: Don't they offer uh, monthly passes anymore? Don't you? Don't they?
0: Do you do that? Uh, I don't get the monthly pass. It's not worth it for me. I use the oh, okay. Presto card, which charges oh, yeah. me every time I get on.
1: Yeah, I have a Presto card. I, I know how they work.
0: They're awesome. They're awesome. Absolutely. Uh, so anyways, that's coming out on July 12th. It's the walking dead, our world. Uh, I don't know what platforms it'll be on, but I assume iOS and probably Android platforms. So, uh, look forward to that. And if anyone out there does play it and really likes it or really hates it, let us know. I'd be curious to know what you guys think about it. I wonder if you could play it on PC and how that would work. <laughs> you know, strap your computer to your back or, or just get a laptop, walk around with an open laptop and, uh, yeah. tethered to your phone and why not? Yeah, sweet. You know, you do what you got to do. It's probably just a mobile game. Yeah, probably.
1: See, I want actually augmented reality, uh, and I want to, you know, replace my eyes with uh, cybernetic eyes that have this augmented reality so that I can walk around. And if I want to find someplace, it's just a pillar of light in the distance. And every time I look that way, I just keep
0: going towards that pillar of light, and uh, eventually I'll get there. You know, they could probably build that into your glasses rather than (laughs) replacing your eyeballs, but I'm just saying. Ah, in for
1: a penny, in for a pound. I'm also. I also want to get a cell phone implanted in my uh, inner ear so
0: that uh, I don't have to do this bullshit of carrying one around with me. So you don't. So you don't want to implant it implanted in your hand, so you have to hold your hand up to your face. Oh no, subvocalization. I want to talk on the phone without anybody hearing me. Can Can you still listen to podcasts on your ear implant cell phone? Oh,
1: absolutely. Just hit the. Uh, it'll hook directly onto your uh, your inner ear and vibrate your eardrum directly. Perfect. That's all I care about. Yeah okay yeah so that that's it you can uh, and then when you get to replace your eyes and your ears you can watch movies like full HD like full vision movies uh, while your wife is talking to you
0: <laughs> <laughs> and somehow <See>? process both <laughs>
1: And I'm all in. That's where you have, uh since you have that already, that gear in your head, the visual and the audio and all that stuff, you have a buffer recording what she's talking about. So she says, are you listening to me? And
0: then it'll play back what she said and you can just repeat it. <laughs> and you can say, yes, of course I was listening, honey. Just let me hit the rewind button for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I've got it all worked out. You sure do, obviously. All right. We've got... uh Two? No. We've got, yeah, a couple more items in the news here. Three more items. And I'm going to drop a spoiler warning here, because all three of these are related to Season 9 of The Walking Dead upcoming. The first one is not that much of a spoiler. Uh, But if you don't want to hear anything about Season 9, then you should probably... Tune out or jump ahead now. Later on in the podcast, we are going to be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. So if you want to hear that, skip ahead to that. But first, we've got three items here. Um, the first one, minor spoilers. The second one, pretty massive spoiler, in my opinion. So okay. be ready for that. So we're going to do the first one here. But if anyone wants to move move ahead and not hear this, I give you time right now. All right. Time's up. Our first item that's related to season nine is that Angela Kang, new showrunner on The Walking Dead, has confirmed that there will be a time jump to the beginning of season nine. I'm so happy. Angela Kang is the best. I like her the most. I do, too. I like her a lot, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with this show. Hollywood Reporter, though, has reported that at a another AMC panel that was on recently called Kick-Ass Women of AMC, uh-huh. Angela Kang said the following, We're playing with time in this season, so we get to jump forward in the story. We're working on a season that has a really fresh look and feel. We come in on some pretty fun stuff. I'm really focusing on a lot of the core character relationships in the show— that have kind of been long lasting as well as all of our wonderful series uh, regulars. Nice. So time jump, we're going to jump ahead in time. We don't know how far, we don't know what that means ultimately, but we're going to skip over some stuff and things are going to be different. I think in the walking dead universe when season nine starts. Oh, good.
1: I'm, this is the reboot that we need. This is the, uh, I really am excited about this. I don't know if I've ever been more excited about this show other than hearing that it existed in the
0: first place. Well, that was a long-ass time ago, my friend. So. It
1: was. I'm very <laughs> excited about this. I think this opens up so many possibilities. And huh. uh, I look forward to the trailer that's happening at the uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, near the end of June.
0: July. July. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I'll be away for. Anyways, it's kind of cool. Everyone sort of expected this time jump to happen. Yes, there is a time jump forward in the comics at around this point, so it does seem like the thing to do. So if we're talking about time jump in the comic, do you want to say how far they went ahead in the comic? No, I'm not going to say. I'm not even going to say sort of what it meant in the comics um, because things are a little bit different, obviously, on the TV show, but, uh, but it does make sense that it will happen and we'll have to wait and see to what the show looks like when it comes back, because it could be pretty different, I think. Okay. Um, but it's just nice to know that, you know, this is what's going on. Angela Kang has her, you know, she, she's, she's got her her hands on this thing and is making a difference, making an impact on the show and bringing her vision to it. So that is cool. Uh, okay, everybody, this next one is a large spoiler. And I hesitate to report it, but it's out there and you'll understand why I'm reporting it once we get into it. The first thing I'm going to do, though, is play a call from listener Reese. And, you know, he sent in a prediction on how Andy Lincoln is leaving the show. Right. Um, But I feel like this news might impact that a little bit. So let's play the call first and then talk about the news and see how it goes. Okay.
2: Hi, Chris and Jason. It's Reese. I just want to ring in my prediction for the next season. Um, I haven't seen the trailer yet. I don't think it's dropped or anything. But my prediction for this is that spoiler alert, by the way, um, that Rick is going to go crazy again. I think he's going to start losing his mind, which is why we've seen on like set pictures and stuff like that of um Shane and other characters coming back. So I think he's going to either lose his mind completely. And then he's going to have to walk away from it, which means then he can come back at any point. And it gives him a good out. So if he says, I can't be the leader no more. Cool. And, um, you know, then he has to walk away from it. And then sort of Michonne and everyone else has to pick up the pieces. That's fine. It gives him an out to walk away and him do like, I don't know, a Morgan and have to disappear for a piece. And then uh, come back at some point. That kind of leaves it open-ended, and I think that's a very minimalised version of what's going to happen, but I think that could be how they're going to handle Rick leaving the show. I don't know if he's going to die, because I think that's too definitive, and I think that they might want to keep it slightly open-ended in case he wants to come back, but that's just my guess. love to know what your guys' thoughts are on my theory, and uh, yeah, love the show. Carry on doing what you're doing, guys, because it's awesome. Bye! (laughs)
0: <laughs> reese always has the best uh goodbye sign-offs there so yeah. did you pick up on the spoiler in that call there mr Moss? i sure
1: did there i was thinking that the punisher is coming back with his big earlobes
0: the punisher and, uh, is yeah, coming awesome is coming back so holy crapola man john bernthal to reprise his role as shane on the walking dead in season nine
1: I think that's great. But what the fuck,
0: man? Like, Shane's been... Oh, yeah,
1: it's, it, it's ab- he's absolutely right. Uh, Rick's, uh, Rick's going mad. He's going to be... He's going to see Shane. He's going to see Lori. He's going to see Carl. He's going to see, uh, you know... Uh, I don't think Jeffrey DeMunn will come back, but uh, maybe, the you know, uh, the governor will come back. I think this could be a cavalcade of uh, role reprisals to, uh, to help uh, usher Rick into the great
0: gone the great beyond the yeah. uh the
1: sublime well, not gonna, yeah you I, I, probably won't die so he's just the great goodbye
0: yeah well here's the deal man it was first revealed a couple of weeks ago by a fan who noticed john bernthal hanging out at nick and norman's with some of the cast so nick and norman's is that restaurant in sonoy georgia um i forget were you there you weren't there right I never went there. No, no, it wasn't open when you were in Atlanta. I
1: I do remember fond memories of having that breakfast with uh, with grits at uh, at that restaurant in Sonoy. Yeah, I do remember that.
0: That's right. We were it's just up the street from Nick and Normans. Uh, but I've been to Nick and Normans a few times over the years. Great restaurant. But a fan was in there taking some pictures and noticed Johnny Bernthal in there hanging out with some of the rest of the cast. And this fan was smart enough to be like, "Huh." That's weird. Shane's been dead for six years. What's he doing here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that came out online. Everybody started speculating. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Shane's coming back. What's going on? Um, and then TVline.com dot com confirmed from, as they say, sources that Bernthal will return for one episode of season nine. The crazy episode. The crazy episode. That's right. Now, Jason Miles, there is some talk that his return will be officially revealed during the Walking Dead panel at San Diego Comic-Con.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Because AMC loves to, you know, release spoilers lately of everything they're doing. So, you know. Is this
1: where we're going to find out
0: that uh, Carl is Shane's son? We're going to find that out? Oh, my God. I hadn't even considered that, but. I, I think maybe if Rick is going crazy, he may have to come to terms with that. Yeah. Because nobody's left, right, to
1: tell him uh, whether or not that Carl is actually his son. No, nope, no. Nope. They're, they're all dead.
0: Even Carl can't even do a DNA test now. That's true. So maybe maybe you're right. Uh, but I was, I was just sort of thinking to myself, what does all this mean? Obviously, Shane is coming back in some sort of flashback. And if Andrew Lincoln is leaving the show, is this involved in Rick's death scene and or Rick's I've gone crazy scene and I'm seeing everyone from my past? Or is it going to be like a nostalgic thing where, where we have a montage of all the people that have died as Rick is walking off into the sunset and or taking his last breath, whatever it turns out to be. I don't know, but it's kind of exciting, I guess. Yeah. In a way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think it's great. I think it to be fun. I think it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I welcome him back to the show for a one episode repos- reprisal of the Shane role.
0: Yeah, I am looking forward to it, but I must admit there's a small part of me that wishes I didn't know this.
1: Maybe Rick will end up going back to Georgia and, uh, digging up Shane and, uh, he'll still be alive or still a zombie and looking really the worse for wear. And, uh, Uh, John Burtz will be reprising his role as as an actual zombie in the show that is six
0: years of decay. Yeah, zombie Shane. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe Rick will go and dig him up. Maybe both. Could be both. I don't know. Flashback Shane and zombie Shane. That'd be awesome. It would be insane if Rick went back to Georgia, dug up Shane, and zombie Shane ended up killing Rick. Oh, yeah that'd be quite the thing that would be quite the thing right there
1: because didn't because yeah, in the comic to spoil like the first six issues of the comic uh they find out that uh, everybody becomes a zombie regardless of how you die
0: correct and then he and then
1: Rick goes and digs up Shane and shoots him in the head
0: yeah he right? he they didn't know that when Shane died in the show so he, Rick goes out of his way back to where they buried Shane digs him up to like re-kill him exactly
1: yeah maybe but that we could never be- got that in the show. Uh, I think we. I'm pretty sure. Like I say, I've never gone back and rewatched anything, but I'm pretty sure somebody killed Shane, zombie Shane, because Shane became a zombie and then they killed him. Yeah, that's right. They. I, Carl, I think it was Carl.
0: Carl shot him. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's dead. Dead. They're not going to dig him up. He's not going to be a zombie. But a boy can dream, can he? Oh yeah, you can absolutely dream. But it all it all comes it all plays together, right? Like Carl's dead. Shane's dead. Rick is doing something, leaving somehow. And it's all going to mean something in the end. So I could see it being a flashback. I could see it being a hallucination or just a montage of here's all the people important to me as I leave, die, whatever. I don't know. Now, I would like to remind everyone that there has been no official word yet about Andrew Lincoln's departure from the show. So although we've been talking about it like it is 100% confirmed a thing. AMC hasn't said anything. They haven't said, yep, Andrew Lincoln's leaving. And so get ready for that. Um, So I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. And the last item in the news here is that on the 2nd of July, which was yesterday, as we record this right now, the official Walking Dead Twitter account sent out a rather cryptic tweet. So from at The Walking Dead on Twitter, they tweeted yesterday, quote, don't believe everything you hear, end quote.
1: Well, how could we?
0: That is all. And I don't believe anything I hear when it comes from Robert Kirkman or some of the other people involved. But and, 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 you know, we don't even know what they're referring to here. But are they referring to the fact that Andrew Lincoln is leaving the show and not to believe that? Are they referring to the fact that Shane Bernthal is coming back and maybe we shouldn't believe that? Because maybe he was just in Georgia doing something else and he decided to have lunch with his former co-workers, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I do
0: that. I've never done that. But it could happen. It could happen. Exactly. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. It came from the official Walking Dead Twitter account. They're probably just trolling us all, but they did say, don't believe everything you hear. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's hard to tell what the troll what the trolling is, right? It could be any of those things. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyways, as it stands right now, it sounds like uh, Andrew Lincoln is out, and John Bernthal's back in at least for one episode. Right. Which is which is cool. And I, yeah, I'm in. Well, this all
1: sounds good. This is all good news.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad you're excited about it. I'm excited that you're glad that I'm excited. Very good. All right, that is it for The Walking Dead news. Pretty much gets us caught up for the last little while. And uh, I think we'll take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we will talk briefly about Solo, A Star Wars Story. Stay with us.
2: Live, baby, live. Now that the day is over. I got a new sensation In perfect moments Impossible to refuse
0: Sleep, baby, sleep Now that the night is over
2: And the sun comes like a god into our room,
0: all perfect light and promises. And gotta hold on a new sensation, new sensation. Now I'm
2: gonna take you over a sensation, new sensation. Dream, baby, dream.
0: All right, everyone, we are back. Thank you for uh, tuning in to the Walking Dead to the Talking Dead podcast this week. I'll get that right. Uh, We're going to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story, because we've reviewed all of the other Star Wars movies that have come out in the last few years in what I like to think of as the new batch of Star Wars movies. So we couldn't let this one slide, even though it's been out for a long time now. Uh, You know, life is busy, and we both couldn't get around to seeing this movie until recently. But now that we have, let's just take a few minutes to lay down our thoughts on the film, if, if we could, Jason Miles.
1: Okay. I'm not really sure I have many thoughts. I mean, I didn't go into this movie thinking that I had to either A, analyze it, B, review it, or C remember anything so well come I have on. a few thoughts but I, they're not coherent in any way well that's
0: okay i mean people are used to that but we've 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 talked about <laughs> thanks <laughs> people we've talked about all the other star wars films so i i don't want to let this one go and i think we should just make a commitment right now to always review the new star wars film okay whether it's am- on release weekend or six weeks later you know it is what it is but here we are, solo uh, a Star Wars story. You mean story.
1: we got to go back and review, like, the original trilogy and the stupid trilogy? Like, we haven't done those. No, 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 no. I mean,
0: moving forward. We don't have to go back in time. Nobody okay. Won, nobody wants to I,
1: Well, I have a new theory that C-3PO was a uh, a spy for Darth Vader.
0: Well, that sounds crazy, but... Let's... Well, he made him. <laughs> let's just not even get into that. Solo, a Star Wars <laughs> story. This is the... Kind of Han Solo origin story. It's about Han Solo as a young man and when he first encounters many of our, you know, favorite characters and the people important to him in his life and development, including Chewbacca, Lando Calrissian, uh, and that's about it. But, uh, (laughs) it's, it's, it's a movie that I really, really liked a lot. I have to admit, I like this movie, I think more than a lot of other people. And I know there's 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 a lot of love for this movie out there, but I think there's an awful lot of unsatisfaction with it as well. But I really didn't feel very much of that. I thought it was great. I thought it was fun and it was silly, and I came out of it enjoying it.
1: I, I had a good time. I mean I I could nitpick anything apart, and I will. But uh overall I thought it was uh I thought it was a really good movie. And I really like uh what is the name? Aldri- Alden how do you pronounce his last name? Uh, Aaron Reich.
0: Alden Aaron Reich, I'm gonna Aaron say. Reich? Yeah. I
1: really like him. I think he's a really good solid solo. And in anticipation of seeing this, I rewatched uh, Hail Caesar, which he was fucking phenomenal in. Mm-hmm. Uh so I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed I, him. I enjoyed the uh I enjoyed the relationship between Solo and uh Chewbacca. I was a little bit nervous about that relationship and how that was gonna go. But, uh, I really, I really enjoyed how their, uh, their friendship, friendship progressed and how Chewbacca's is just this big softy
0: that, uh, pretty much wants to help everybody he ever comes across. Well, let me ask you about that because you said on the podcast here at one point, or maybe you didn't, you said to me for sure, I forget if you said it on the air, that you didn't want to see, um, how Han Solo and Chewbacca met. You just wanted them to always have been a, a team. Yeah. But in this movie you do see how they how they meet and how they get together so like were you satisfied with it or, or did it bother you uh, it did not bother me
1: because um, I figured out uh I don't know if I, uh, if I didn't if I did or did not mention that I wanted them to always know each other in the trailer I fig- figured out that they didn't uh, know each other he says the uh, Holt solo says in the trailer to Chewbacca you're 190 years old holy crap you look good yeah, kind of thing, right? And that tells me that they're just learning about each other. So that told me that they didn't know each other at the beginning of the movie, and that they would meet during the movie. So I kind of and I was coming to terms with the, that fact. And uh, other than the fact that Chewbacca was this supposedly this monster that was meant to kill uh, Solo when he was put into the the dark pit, I don't think Chewbacca would do that. He's such a big soft, he's not, he like, sure, he shoots the bad guys and all that stuff, but he's a walking fuzzball that just gives everybody a (laughs) hug. He loves Leia, he loves Luke, he loves getting scratches, even awkward ones from Luke, and uh, he loves C-3PO. uh You know, and and there's nothing like crawling into the arms of a big Wookiee to fall asleep. And I'm sure Solo does that on a regular basis. They crawl into that master bedroom that we (laughs) saw, and they just cuddle
0: up and have a a nice sleep in the cold, cold, dark space. A solid eight hours of warm, cozy sleep in the cold darkness of space. Everybody needs a Wookiee to crawl into. Their arms when you're cold at night, right? But the story with Chewbacca has always been that Han Solo saved him from enslavement, and that's basically basically what we had here. It didn't seem to be on such as gra- such a grand scale that I kind of always imagined it, right? But um, Chewbacca was locked up in that pit, being used as a a monster to I don't know kill people that they threw down in there. Um, but later on in the film too. They they show the Wookiee um the Wookiees being released from uh their captivity, I guess, in that in that mine or whatever it was, right? So, you know, not only did Han save Chewbacca, but then they kind of released the Wookiee race from their captors at that point. So at first I my feeling was like, well, it doesn't seem like that big of a thing that Han did, but really he saved not just Chewbacca, but a lot of the Wookiees. So yeah,
1: it works. And that means a lot because there was no, like we learned that there's no difference between uh, family and tribe and nation. Like they think of every single other Wookiee as part of their family. Right. So it means a lot when you save other other Wookiees. And uh, Chewbacca was very grateful. And I'm sure that, and you know, Han Solo and Chewbacca were, you know they go together like peas and carrots. They just
0: uh, you know ever since the moment they met, they were just best friends. They were meant to be best friends. Mm-hmm. And 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 the whole life debt that Chewie has to to Han makes sense, right? Yeah,
1: there's no resentment there. Like sometimes you can have a life debt and uh, you don't want to stick around with somebody, but you end up sticking around with them. Like in that stupid uh, what was the name of that that uh, that dumb Robin Hood movie with uh, Morgan Freeman
0: um. and. Uh, And the the guy from Dances with Wolves. The only Robin Hood movie I can think of right now is Prince of Thieves. Is that it?
1: It could be. Uh, The guy Dances with Wolves, what's his name? He was... Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman were in a Robin Hood movie, uh, and uh, Morgan Freeman had a life debt to Robin Hood, so he followed him back to England during the Crusades, and... uh, that's that's why he was yeah. with them, and you know, I just you got the feeling that it was, you know, I'm with you because I have to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I don't get that feeling with Chewbacca. Chewbacca and Han Solo, they're just, you know, they're just these
0: two guys, you know. They're, they're buddies. It was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, that with Kevin Costner. What was the Robin Hood parody movie? It might have been Mel Brooks. Men in Men in Tights. Men in Tights. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so so yeah, I enjoyed. Uh, Chewbacca I enjoyed how they met I wasn't upset at all by the fact that we we saw the beginning of that relationship in this movie and I really really liked Solo I if I had to rank it amongst all of the new batch of Star Wars movies I put it second behind Force Awakens I like this movie more than Rogue One and The Last Jedi
1: I think I did too
0: that's that's incredible. And like there was
1: no CG characters in this movie, which I really appreciated or noticed if there were. Well, so that was
0: very important to me. There was the robot, there was Lando's robot. Well,
1: yes, but no uh you know Princess Leia's digitally altered right. or uh
0: no human uh, CG characters. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's good, but yeah, I mean and and I like Rogue One. I think Rogue One's a good movie. And I think The Last Jedi is mostly a good movie. Um, but this one just did did it for me. I thought it was tons of fun. I thought it was nostalgic in the best way. And I'm one of those people that really loved all the nostalgia from The Force Awakens. So I'm okay with it in this film, too. You know, it, it makes me feel good when I see all these things. Uh, as you said, Alden Aaron Reich was a great Han Solo, in my opinion. He had the he had the feel of the character to yeah. me.
1: He was charming and entertaining and kind of lighthearted. It was great. And yeah. shot first, that's important.
0: Well, and yes. And I mean, that was obviously a story thing that they wanted to put in there. It was a little bit of fan service in a way. But yeah, I'm, and Chewbacca ripped some guy's arms off, right? Sure. We had to see that too. I'm and I'm totally fine with these things. Like this is the kind of shit I want to see in the solo movie. you know. So I don't mind that it's fan service. They're servicing me and I feel good about it. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we got our explanation of, uh, you know, doing the castle run in less than 12 parsecs. Uh huh. We-, we got that explanation. They figured that out, but we kind of, you know, as a uh, star Wars fans, we kind of figured out that it must be something like that where distance was a factor, you had to, you had, in order to do it in a shorter distance, you had to go at great peril, which is what we had in the Maelstrom. Yeah. He took a shortcut, <laughs> basically, yeah. is what it comes down to. And that's it fine. And beat the shit out of the Millennium Falcon, which now it looks like it's supposed to.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the Millennium Falcon, because it looked weird, really weird to me with the like pointed front, but then yep. releasing that escape pod from the front of it to make the front end of the Falcon look correct- in my opinion, yep. was, uh, was, was awesome. Yes. Um, I also, and I think I'm in the minority here, but I also really liked the explanation that they put Lando's droids navigational computer or basically personality into the millennium Falcons computer, yep. which makes the Falcon a, even more of a character, you know, by itself.
1: Right, because they've uh, you know in the in in a New Hope uh, or I'm not forget what movie it was, but we had uh, we had R2D2 interfere and C3PO talk to the Navi computer. Yeah, it was three PO. Right? It was three PO uh, having a conversation with the Millennium Falcon to uh, to sort some shit out.
0: Yeah, and three PO goes your your ship has the most unusual dialect or something like that, right? Yeah, it just it ties that together. I mean, it's a bit of a retcon. I completely admit that, but. I don't even care because I think it's cool. And you take that droid, who in this movie I thought was great, not actually wasn't my favorite part of the film, Lando's droid. But to take her personality and her navigational computing skills, which he says, inject that into the Falcon, it just it enhances the Millennium Falcon as a character. Uh, Or or even creates the Millennium Falcon as a character, which I always liked because that ship is so iconic. It's so a part of... Amazingly, it's a part of Han and Lando, right? Yeah. Because both of them have been owners of it. And I just think having that robot's personality in there enhances that and doesn't take away from it like a lot of people have kind of claimed but oh they're crazy it works it works for me so i really enjoyed that now speaking of the rest of the cast uh woody harrelson great i mean he's good in most things i'm a big fan of him so i think he did a great job i think amelia clark was fine she was maybe the weakest of everybody but still she was unnecessary
1: i other than having a, a love interest for han solo she was completely superfluous to the plot I don't think that they needed to have her in there at all,
0: yeah but i I do, but I think the love interest for Han Solo was actually important to what was going on here. It sort of makes him a little bit jaded and a little bit uh you know he's lost something that he he uh he loved early yeah, on. did he
1: have to get it back? Maybe it's just it's lost, maybe he never gets back there. And it's yeah. always this thing that's been eating at him for his entire
0: life. Yeah, I, I feel like that story's not quite over yet, though, because I can only assume there will be more Han Solo movies. And well, like, yeah,
1: maybe, I, maybe uh, the Kira character, Amelia Clark, will have agency in the next movie where she actually has a bearing on the plot.
0: Come on, she wasn't totally inconsequential to the plot. Like Han's entire motivation at the beginning of the film is to get back to her, right? Like right, she but that completely is, is, isn't necessary in the long run. I guess right? not. She exists, though, or everything he does is in service to that desire to, to get back to her.
1: And that she didn't need to be
0: in the movie for us to get that. Well, what's he going back to then?
1: Well, that's well, we could see her at the beginning and she can get left behind.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But, but that's his motivation. It's done. Like, sure. Her part in the plot is done. Yeah. she got She got left behind and he couldn't do anything about it. That's and true. And now he has this hole in his life that he needs to try and get back to. He's, uh, and now he's finally got a ship. Let's go back and get her, bring her around, bring her out in the next movie.
0: Yeah, I can see, I can see that. I mean, you're, you're not wrong, but it didn't bother me that much that she, sh- that she was in, she was a significant character in most of the film. Right. Um, but as I said, she was probably the most okay character of them all, whereas the rest were, were really good. Uh, Donald Glover as Lando. I thought it was miscast. What what the hell is wrong with you?
1: Miscast? I don't know.
0: I don't know. He was
1: good as Lando in the first fifteen, twenty seconds. Uh, you know, Billy D. Williams, he was channeling Billy D. Williams there for a good minute and a half. Oh. Uh, but
0: uh I not no. I'm not sure I bought it I bought him as uh as Lando. I think you're wrong. I think Donald Glover as Lando was amazing. Every he almost stole the show.
2: He oh, I don't so know
0: He was so good. That. He was so good. Oh, man. That's that's upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know who
1: I would cast instead. Uh he's got a lot of star power now. He's probably the right choice, but I thought it was slightly miscast.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know. I think he was I think he was great. Personally, I think the way the the card games played out and how Han won the falcon from him in the card game in my opinion was a little ham-fisted but i don't think that was a problem with the lando character i think right. it was just a problem with the writing of the way lando cheats han knows he cheated and then goes back later on almost like a an addendum to the story it's like oh yeah we got to wrap that up so we can to have another card game and han prevents him from cheating and therefore he wins Right. What I don't like about it is that it implies that Lando can only win by cheating. Well, yeah, he's a cheater and Fine. a scoundrel. Ultimately, he's a scoundrel. Yeah, but so is Han. And I also, but I think that uh, yeah, the, the only problem I had
1: with that is Han won without cheating himself. You know, I think yeah, that he probably should, should have, have cheated to win the Millennium Falcon. Sure, it was fair play because Lando cheated first, but uh, Han didn't cheat and won. The Millennium
0: Falcon, fair and square. I don't necessarily buy that. Well, yeah, I see what you're saying, but he sort of he went in there, didn't cheat, but he prevented the other guy from cheating. He did, but which is Han a little would've, Han would have cheated. All right, maybe. Uh, I I just kind of I don't know. I just for some, I just think that could have played out a little bit differently and a little bit better. The whole double card game thing. So right, uh, but I still think. Donald Glover was amazing as Lando and that guy can do no wrong cuz Atlanta his show is that he's on is amazing. Well, I too.
1: think that might be your problem. No. Because he can do wrong. The Martian, he was completely miscast.
0: Well, that the, was the wrong role for Donald Glover uh in that movie. Even that didn't bother me that much, but I I I know what you're saying.
1: So I think you're are yeah, I think your problem is uh, your your crush on Donald Glover.
0: That the man is a hero. <laughs> <laughs> there is All a, right. there is an episode of season two of atlanta that is one of the weirdest and creepiest things i've ever seen on tv but also unbelievably amazing All right. someday i'll watch that show there are two shows you need to watch right now one is Three, atlanta actually. four There's yeah atlanta number two is handmaid's tale Yes. And number three is Westworld season th- two.
1: <laughs> yes, that's three. And then I got to watch the Star Trek, uh, whatever that new one is called. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, that uh, Army of Darkness.
0: No, what's that called? E- Evil Dead. Oh, are you going to watch that? Well, I have to. Well, I assume so. You should. You should. You should watch that and then go listen to the 35 podcasts I did about it.
1: Yeah. No, there's there's lots. There's a backlog. Okay. Oh my God, there's a backlog. I got to watch The Punisher. I got to watch Daredevil. uh, The second season of Jessica Jones. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff
0: I got to catch up. All kinds of stuff. Anyways, back to Solo. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm halfway through Preacher season two and season three just started. Uh, But back to Solo. So end of the day, I thought it was great. I thought the train heist was fun, exciting, entertaining, just a great scene. Uh, Thandie Newton as uh, what's his name's Woody Harrelson's like. Main squeeze was was yeah, awesome. Val. Yeah, yeah. And she was she
1: was awesome. She shouldn't have died. She should have stuck around. And Amelia Clark
0: shouldn't have. You may be onto something there. I I can you know I can get on board with that. She was really really good. I liked them as a team. You know I liked her and Woody's dynamic that they had going. Yeah. Now there was only one thing in this movie that I absolutely hated. All right, the nitpicky portion. Let's go. I don't even think this is a nitpick. I think this is genuinely a. T- terrible decision on the part of the filmmakers. I don't know if this came from the original uh, team of directors that got fired from this movie or if this came from um, Ron Howard, the guy that took over to apparently fix the film. But the part I'm talking about is the scene where the Imperial officer who is talking to Han as he's joining the Imperial Navy gives him his last name. Yeah. I hated it so much. It almost made me like, just quit the movie in rage because it was so stupid and so unnecessary that I couldn't even imagine a world where anybody in the universe thought this was a good idea to include in the film.
1: It was pretty bad. And you can't, it was, it was completely unnecessary and completely realistic for when you're, uh, when somebody's emigrating to another country, they, a lot of people got new last names because they didn't understand what, uh, there was a language barrier.
0: There was no language barrier here. No, there was
1: no language barrier, but, uh, it, it happens when you're doing things and you're trying to give a name. it's just like, well, what's your last name? And, they misinterpret it as what do you do for a living? And, uh, you say, well, I'm a silversmith.
0: And then all of a sudden your last name is silver. Who knows what your last name was before, but now it's silver. Yeah. Well, I don't think that works here. I think this was just absolutely ridiculous. And I, you know, somebody else on another podcast I listened to referred to this as the answer to a question that nobody ever asked. <sighs> Right? How did Han Solo get his last name? That's not something anyone has ever questioned in the Star Wars universe. There's nothing unusual about the name Solo, it's just his name. Why do we need a scene where some random Imperial officer says, Oh, you're alone? Okay, Han Solo. Why not? It's stupid. It is the dumbest scene. In the history of Star Wars films, and I include the prequels.
1: I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) No. It was a
0: misstep. It
1: It was was, a misstep in
0: an otherwise good movie. Don't bring the prequels into this. We're talking Jar Jar here. You're thinking that this is a bigger mistake than fucking Jar Jar? As a single individual scene, I think so. I think this was absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. I hated I it so know. much. I
1: don't even know who you are.
0: Yeah, I hated it. And <sighs> I can get past it because I enjoyed the rest of the movie so much, but it was just so unnecessary. Like Han Solo is his name. He doesn't need to be given that name by some jackass who is sitting behind a, behind a desk. Um, and the scene doesn't even make sense in the context of the film, in my opinion, because... What does Han say? Like, who are your people? The guy asks him, and Han says, "I don't have any people." And then, like half an hour later in the film, they're standing in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and Han's talking about his father and how he worked in the in the mine or whatever, and he wasn't around very much, but he knew his father, he knew his family, at least his father. Yet he's like, "I have no people. I have no last name." It makes no sense. I don't mind the scene where the guy asks him, "What's your name?" If he had just said. Han Solo, it would have been fine. It would have been just as amazing a scene in the film. Well, Sorry, it would have been an amazing scene in the film to have the titular character say his name, and it's a name that's so iconic in pop culture and Star Wars that it would have felt good, but they ruined it with this stupid Solo. You're Han Solo because you're All alone. Right. Just pretend it doesn't exist. I have to. I'm going to have to pretend it doesn't exist because it was terrible. Ron Howard, you're an idiot for including that
1: oh uh, no 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 is he an idiot for always getting clint howard in his movies he was in this
0: i know i saw him he was in i lando's. forgot that ron
1: howard was uh, the savior director of this movie
0: until i saw clinton i'm like oh yeah ron howard directed this right he was in lando's <laughs> boxing ring or whatever right i don't remember or whatever that Frankly, was. Frankly, I just
1: remember Clint was in here. He's in all of them. He's awesome. I you love know, Clint Howard. I'm fine with that. Put Clint Howard. I want in the Clint money. Howard to have his own TV show. Why isn't he? He in Arrested Development?
0: <laughs> Good point. Oh, <laughs> we should talk about Arrested Development season. I haven't watched. Four, I haven't watched. The latest what is season. it? Five now, right? Yeah. Oh I my! Watched it. God, man. All right. Well, that's that's another thing. There's there, a backlog. There's another Ron Howard misstep. I'll just say that. But really, yeah. Um, Ron
1: Howard's so awesome in that.
0: Well, okay, maybe he's not responsible for the latest season of uh, Rested Development, but he is responsible for Star Wars. And this was the one big screw up in the Han Solo movie. I'm sorry. The rest of it I thought was fantastic. But if it didn't have this scene, oh, man, I would feel even more excited about this film.
1: Okay, so Lando owns the Millennium Falcon when they go on their adventure with the Millennium Falcon. Let's presume that Lando is the only person that knows about the uh, the hidden compartments where uh, they hide smuggled goods. Uh, Han Solo eventually learns about them, and he says he smuggles a whole lot of stuff in there, including people every now and again. Yeah, uh, but in this mission, it's owned by Lando. Uh, Han and everybody else is just on the uh, on the ship. For uh, the very first time, they go out. They land on their uh, their planet. There, they steal the things that they need to steal, and then all these Wookies carry the uh, the stuff that they've just stolen and put them in the hidden compartments. Doesn't the Millennium Falcon have its own cargo bay
0: somewhere, like an actual <laughs> cargo bay? No, it's a cargo hauler. It's got. Well, actually, I'm not so sure about that. It's got. It's got a nice bedroom with a cape room. I think he yep. he converted the the cargo hold. Into, like, a sex room.
1: <laughs> okay, so that's fine. Convert to all the cargo holds into sex rooms. That's, that's you know, it's Lando. That's fine. Right. But how does anybody know about these secret compartments? Why don't they just throw the shit in the corners somewhere uh, so that they can get off the ground? How? how uh, uh, nobody knew about these things. Like, how do they know? Did the Wookiees just kind of know, oh, shit, there's secret compartments under
0: there? Well, Wookiees are very intuitive. But didn't like why didn't why couldn't Lando just tell them like
1: he because he was busy uh, outside fighting the battle and losing his uh, his love interest the robot lady
0: his droid yeah what was her an L three three seven or something I forget something now. like that
1: but they uh, they implied a you know uh, an intimate relationship between uh, you know her and Lando and I wanted to explore that
0: but they never did Lando is pansexual that's that's what they've said he he is into All sorts of different life forms and varieties thereof.
1: (laughs) So, but, uh, you know, there was also conflict there because what's her name? Whatever the robot's name was, uh, the droid. She said, no, it could never be. Right. Uh, You know, so I wanted to explore that. I thought that would be a very interesting thing to see, but then she died. I was very sad about that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I was sad about that too. But it didn't make me question how they knew where the secret compartments were in the Falcon.
1: Or why would they even use them? I would assume that there's some kind of cargo hold. I mean, that's what
2: you're
1: supposedly the right. why, supposedly why they're flying the ship around is to you know take stuff from point A to point B, legal or not. Uh, but there's got to be a spot to put legal stuff, or else why are you flying from point A to point B? It's like, well, I'm I'm uh, going fishing. <laughs> that's right. Right. <laughs> keep now, my. Bait. How do you explain what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, what is your know. fishing gear? Oh, it's in a secret compartment. I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just figured that's, maybe those are the cargo holds and they're secret, generally.
1: Well, in uh, A New Hope, they're secret.
0: Yeah, that's true. Nobody knows so where they are.
1: That that was the misstep.
0: Yeah. Almost as big as, well, not as big as the one you think happened. No, nothing is as big as the solo name, in my opinion. Uh, anyways, well- I think it was a great movie. I think Alden Emmer Aaron Reich was awesome. I look forward to more Solo movies. Uh, now that we can put the whole name thing behind us. Uh, anything else to say? I really it? wanted Han Solo to say, "Would did it Would twer- 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 did it be so simple? Would
1: did it twer so simple?" I wanted him to say that. What? in this movie so bad? You've seen Hill Caesar, right? No, I haven't. Oh my God, you got to see Hal Caesar. He plays a cowboy, a singing cowboy, and they put him in a drama and he's got to say, what did it detour so simple? And he's saying it as a cowboy and it's the best scene in
0: the whole movie. All right. Well, I haven't you gotta seen- You got to watch it like right fucking now. Maybe I will. I have not seen the movie. I don't know. Oh, it's such a good movie. Okay. Um, he's the best thing in it. What did you think about having Han sit behind the in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and say, I've got a really good feeling about this? <laughs> See, that, that, yeah, I thought it was great. That's great. I love that kind of stuff. You know, it just shows that he's young and innocent and he's, he, he's not seeing things for the way they are. Right. Because later on, he doesn't, doesn't have a good feeling about anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then he has a shitty son that ends up killing him. Wow. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've seen the beginning and the end of the solo story at this point. Yeah. Alright, well, Han Solo, a Star Wars story, really enjoyed. I look forward to more. Uh I guess the next Star Wars film coming is episode nine, whatever it's going to be. Uh but we also have a trilogy to look forward to from Ryan Johnson. Is it Ryan Johnson they gave the trilogy to, I think? We got lots more Star Wars stories coming.
1: Didn't they uh didn't they shit can a couple because of the poor performance of Solo? Um I thought I heard that there was going to be a, um, a couple other movies that they decided. There was going to be an Obi-Wan movie and a, uh, what's his name? The Bounty Hunter. Damn it. Boba it Fett. getting late. Boba Fett. I thought there was going to be a Boba Fett movie. I don't really want a Boba Fett movie, personally. And uh, Obi-Wan, kind of, we know about him already, so.
0: Yeah, okay. I, I, you're right. I I don't know that a, a Boba Fett movie, although he is a fan favorite character, but that's sort of why they I'd were- would rather gonna...
1: have a Bosk movie. And they mentioned Bosk in this movie, so bring
0: it on. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Boba Fett, I think, has a little bit more of a a story to tell, but I don't know. Um, and yeah, I'd heard about an Obi-Wan movie as well. I don't know if any of those plans have changed based on the disappointing box office for Solo, which, come on, people, what the fuck? Like, you should have gone out and seen the movie. It's pretty awesome. I did. I know. Why can't you? That's right. I did twice. So there you go. Uh, But um, Ryan Johnson, the guy who directed The Last Jedi, they have given him a trilogy. So there's those movies to look forward to. I don't think those plans have changed. We've got episode nine, this trilogy, and maybe more standalone Star Wars stories. So plenty of Star Wars coming up. What would you like to see as a Star
1: Wars movie? Like who, what character would you like to see broken out into their own movie or two? Oh, um... Jabba, Admiral F- Jabba would be interesting.
0: Yeah, sort of, maybe. Sort of maybe. Admiral Fiat. <laughs> Admiral Fiat. I don't know. Poe Dameron. Could they do Poe movies? He's too new. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We're already getting Poe movies. We we kind of are actually already getting Poe movies. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, when you put it like that, Boba Fett might not be the worst choice. No. He is kind of a cool... I mean, cool... we could get a Chewbacca movie. He's got 190 years of backstory that we could get to. Oh, you could go really far back with Chewie. IG-88? How about an IG-88 movie? That'd be all right. Yeah. I'd even go for a, a BB-8 movie. <laughs> BB-8 is my favorite Star Wars droid now, so... Yeah. Sorry, 3PO and R2. <laughs> sucks, to, <laughs> sucks to be you guys. C-3PO is never a favorite of mine.
1: R2 is pretty good. C C three PO. The best thing, best memory I have of C three PO in the eighties was there was a cereal called C three POs that I really liked,
0: uh, like a breakfast cereal. Oh, breakfast cereal, C three POs. Okay, Let's look why not?
1: C three POs.
0: How about a movie based on the medical droids, the two one B surgical droid?
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be fantastic.
0: <laughs> Actually, is that the same? Yeah, that's the same one as yeah, that's the one, one two one B. Why not, man? Yeah, C3POs. Wish you could get that now. Nice. All right. <laughs> let's let's wrap this up. Uh thank you for tuning in, everyone. Next time on the podcast, I promise we're going to review the Netflix movie Cargo. Uh but the cast might be a little different on that one. We'll have to see. I don't know. Uh that's coming up sometime very soon. Uh and then after that. I'm going to be in the UK, so um, if you see me walking around London or uh, Manchester, I think we're going to be in Manchester for a day, say hi. Manchester,
1: England, England?
0: Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) I think it is. Uh, If you see me walking around, um, make sure you say hi and uh, buy me a beer. (laughs) Yeah, if you see anybody that looks like Chris walking around, say hi and buy him a beer. Totally. Totally. No, you know what? We're not going to Manchester. I was wrong. We are going to Brighton. We're going to Brighton, down south Brighton. of London. Yeah. I should get this straight because I have to show up there and not go to the wrong place.
1: <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> which mean is,
0: really. Which is important. Yeah. Um, yes, we're going to London and Brighton. Uh so that should be fun. Uh however, that overlaps with San Diego Comic Con, so we'll figure that out. We definitely will talk about that trailer, whether it's right on that weekend or shortly thereafter we will don't worry Uh, but as i said next time we're going to be reviewing cargo and then we'll take it from there so that should be fun in the meantime everyone if you'd like to get in touch with us uh, visit talkingdeadpodcast.com, click on send voicemail to send us a message or just record your voice right into your phone and send that over to us that is awesome too and uh, you can also find us on facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead or at Talking Dead on Twitter. And of course, you can send all of your email to talking at gmail.com. I mean don't send all of your email there, just send the ones that are appropriate. <laughs> the appropriate
1: amount of right. email. Yeah.
0: The ones that you, you mean for us. Like Yeah, always send email to the intended recipient. Very, very important. Yeah. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Until next time. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.